what's happening guys it's your girl Mina, and welcome back to le carrington the manchester united women's podcast solely focused on following the red devils up north now manchester united took a difficult loss at home to liverpool women today in a 2-1 loss some might say some controversial moments in the game that completely changed the result or the fixture but i think i saw a very very underwhelming performance especially in the second half of course as always i'm going to talk about the game i'm going to answer some questions and i'm going to mention some of the managers post game comments you guys already know what it is now manchester united came into the game having never lost a game against liverpool whether it was in the conti cup or it was in the wsl manchester united have never lost to liverpool nor have they conceded to them in the wsl and it seems like both of those records were broken today now first and foremost i will say that matt beard is doing an absolute phenomenal job with liverpool from where they were last season to where they are this year has been nothing short of amazing now the year started with Manchester United slash smashing I was about to say slapping them smashing them 6-0 in the WSL and the year has now ended with Liverpool taking three points away from home from their northern rivals some might say it's not really a rivalry in the WSL but a Manchester United Liverpool rivalry will always be there now starting with the lineups Mark Skinner went for the same lineup that started the fixture away from home that saw the 4-0 victory against Spurs with Mary Earps in goal, Hannah Blundell at left back, Millie Turner and Maya Letizia, Jade Riviere in the back line, Hayley Ladd and Katie Zellum, Ella Toon in the 10, Leah Golton on the left, Nikita Paris on the right and Melvin Mallard up top. It seems like Mark Skinner is giving Melvin Mallard another game in the number nine, albeit brought her off a bit early in my opinion. I'm going to talk about how the substitutions even changed the game in my opinion, but that's how Manchester United line up and of course Liverpool lined up with their 3-5-2 sorry but in defensive transition it kind of shifted to a back five and if you remember on the last episode when I interviewed Mark Skinner after the Spurs game he mentioned how Manchester United kind of struggled this season with breaking down back fives they had Micah in goal Jenna Clark um, Gemma Bonner and Grace Fisk in the back line I hope Gemma firstly I hope Gemma Bonner is okay after that head injury Um, and then they had a middle five led by Hins who got the winner and we're going to talk about that as well and then they had their little front two Um, for me I'll be honest I'll be honest going into the game I definitely expected some sort of result I expected three points given the fact that Manchester United have actually dropped quite a few points this season a lot of draws in comparison to last year second loss of the season third if you count the PSG knockout in the Champions League qualifiers but essentially Manchester United have already dropped two points um, two major games sorry Manchester City at home and now Liverpool at home going into when the game started of course Manchester United got a very early goal from Ella Toon can I just say credit to Ella Toon credit for Ella Toon for turning around the season the way that she has got another goal um, and her goal and assist tally is looking a lot more healthier than it has in the last 12 months looked very disappointed to come off and I totally understand it because I feel like a lot of the substitutions kind of changed the game for Manchester United and not in a good way not in a good way I feel like you know when 
and I'll speak about it later on into the podcast, but I do feel like when the substitutions came, it came at the wrong time when the front line was kind of finding their momentum in especially the second half. Now, if you look at the stats, Manchester United barely really created anything in the game. Um, at one point, they had 12 minutes extra time and had one shot on goal the entire time. Manchester United had 11 shots on goal in comparison to Liverpool's 10, and they had two shots on target in comparison to Liverpool's three. Now, what Liverpool were really able to do was to utilise the space that they got from the wings and crossing balls into the box. And that's literally how they got their second goal, which was from a corner. First one, many might argue that was a handball. I do think that was absolutely a handball. I don't think it should have stood, but obviously from where the ref is seeing it and also from where the lineswoman is seeing it, it's probably difficult to see. But I thought that was a handball. Of course, I saw it on repeat multiple times and it actually went down as a Millie Turner own goal. But in the first instance, Liverpool should not have been able to get that ball into the box, but they were able to. Uh, Mary Epps beaten at her near post twice in the game, twice in the game. And not only was she beaten at her near post twice in the game, she also came out flapping a few times from corners, missing the punch or missing the ball. She made one good save uh, in the second half as well, tipping it over the bar. But I feel like today... Her, her brain was just not there. Her brain was not there. She was sh actually shouting at Millie Turner quite a few times for some errors that she might think that came from the defence. But I feel like she overcomplicates stuff, especially there was a moment in the last couple minutes of the game where Millie Turner passed the ball back to her. The ball was bouncing and she just missed, kicked it completely. Very lucky that it hit Van der Sanden and, and it landed straight back to Mary Earps and she was able to pick it up. But if I was her, I would not be happy with that performance. And you know what? This has been a performance that we've seen quite often throughout the season and I'm actually going to raise this point because I think the question that a lot of fans have is what's the point on Manchester United signing a goalkeeper for a record fee for what stands for a goalkeeper and not giving her an opportunity yet in the WSL we're nearly halfway through the WSL I think I think we're actually halfway through it already it's the Christmas break now where they break up for a couple of weeks Manchester United are going to Malta for some high altitude hot training sessions in the new year so I'm hoping and, they, and I think they're actually playing some friendlies there hopefully it'll be some positive news especially with the injuries that we have currently some people will be able to return back but Tullis Joyce has not had a sniff of the WSL yet. She has not sniffed any minutes. And the way that I see it is that to keep competition, you know, we talk about having healthy competition in, in the team, you know, there's Nikita Paris, Lucia Garcia, JC, all fighting for this right-hand side. And that's healthy competition because every time they come on, they will try to perform well. Why has that not been the case in the goalkeeper position? I think Mary Earps this season has had a very underwhelming season, has had moments where she looks like she does not want to be there and she's had moments where she doesn't seem like she's completely locked in. And I really think, is it the fact all this off-the-pitch stuff is impacting her performance because earlier this week there was reports suggesting that Arsenal are going to be back in the market for her in the January window. The Arsenal manager has confirmed that this Arsenal squad is not the complete squad for the season. There will be incomings and outgoings in the January transfer window. That has been confirmed. Whether it's about Mary Earps or not, I'm not too sure, but reported by a good mate of mine called Connor from the AFC Newsroom, meant, reported earlier in the week that, Ma that Manchester United and Arsenal are in talks for a possible transfer for Mary Earps. A lot of other journalists that cover Manchester United religiously have come out and debunked that and said that, you know, this is not really what they've heard. And it was asked to Mark Skinner in the press conference midweek ahead of the Conti Cup game. And he said, listen, like he says about every, to be honest, um, 
every contract extension last year he said it with Alessio Russo and Onabatier he said that it was not his job it's the, that's the that's the non-football stuff and he deals with the football stuff but he knows that they're in talks and he's hoping that they can come to an agreement but I just feel like the way Mary Earps is performing right now she might not want to be playing here for the continuous future and you know what I and I'm and I'm sure if you guys do agree please let me know on socials you can find me at Minna Football especially on Twitter please let me know do you think Tullish Joyce deserves a WSL debut, especially with the performances from Mary Earps of recent and today. I'm not saying that today was completely on Mary Earps, but it was some underwhelming performance from predominantly the entire starting eleven. if we're being completely honest. I think Jade Riviere, for me, I don't know if it's the fact that she's still learning, but she is always getting flung to the floor, always getting thrown to the floor. I'm not sure, you know, if does she need to work on her physicality a little bit? <laughs> That's many questions that kind of need to be asked. I feel like Hayley Ladd playing a lot more forward is good. But my friend Moyo, shout out to, to Moyo from the Gold Diggers podcast, kind of brought this point up with me during the game. We were texting and, and she kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, when it seems like Katie Zellum is the deepest playing uh, um, player, she's the deepest playing midfielder, it seems like players can easily create separation from her in in a counter and 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 she mentioned a, a particular particular moment where Lawley kind of you know ran near her and just within two strides left her and and I feel like maybe Mark Skinner is playing Katie Zellum a bit too deep we've had this conversation I think time and time again uh, especially on the podcast I've had it off the podcast with other people Hayley Ladd seemed to be playing in that box-to-box role today up and down the pitch and you know what when when Liverpool when Manchester United are pressing and Liverpool are trying to play out at the back there's no player that I want to be there more than Hayley Ladd because you know last week we saw it you know, I'd got a few goals just like that from from, from Hayley Ladd, disrupting, destroying the press, getting possession. Today, not so much creating chances, but there was moments where she was winning the ball back. Of course, substitutions came around the 60th minute mark. Rachel Williams came on, um, which for me was quite premature because I felt like Mallard was growing into the game. The biggest issue in the front line today is that there was no sort of fluidity between them between Leah Galton between uh, Melvin Mallard and between Nikita Paris they seemed to be on all different pages and it was quite difficult to watch I'd seen Nikita Paris spent a lot of time offside um, and when she would try to find Melvin Mallard the pass would be either under hit or over hit and vice versa with Melvin Mallard I feel like there was no there was no kind of understanding between them. There was no, there was no communication. There was just nothing. They looked like three people that have never played up top together, and that's not actually the case because we know that they have played up top together. But to me, they looked like they just did not. They were not on the same page. And you know what? That's actually actually applicable across the entire start in eleven. Hannah Blundell so sloppy in possession today. Gave the ball away way too many times. There was even a time where she gave the ball away and and Liverpool were on a counter and she was just jogging back she was just jogging back and you know what van der sanden it was actually in like extra time van der sanden could have ran at millie turner but instead she just ran to the corner flag instead uh hannah blondell is very lucky for that but entire entirely between the starting 11 today i just felt like there was no fluidity and you know what it seems like the more united play i'm not sure what's going on i don't know how you go from you know a title contending team last season and then you bring in resurgences during the summer, Manchester United spent the biggest amount of money in the summer transfer window in the WSL. So they stocked up 
they lost players but they also stocked up you brought in midfielders you brought in attackers you brought in defenders you brought in a goalkeeper and now you find yourself fourth place level on points with Liverpool Tottenham only three points behind and the gap is just going to get bigger between Manchester United and the and, and the top three if Manchester United do not sort their business out in the new year Chelsea currently sit top of the table. They've won their game. Manchester City, Arsenal tied on points in second and third, but City just edging because of goal difference. And for me, Manchester United are really going to kind of be um, disintegrated from that top three if they do not sort out the points that they're dropping when they should be winning. Of course, Manchester United have drawn quite a few games this season, and those are actually opponents that Manchester United should, on paper, be beating and maybe that's that's actually the, the the joyful thing of the WSL this year Liverpool beat Arsenal away and they beat Manchester United away it seems like the middle teams this season are taking points off of everyone they're taking points off of everyone whether it's Brighton taking points off Manchester United Liverpool taking points from Manchester United whoever it is it seems like the middle tables is where Manchester United really need to sort out, you know, their victories, especially when it comes to, to, to dropping points. Let's talk about, firstly, the first goal, because I was saying the entire time we just got Diego Maradona. That might actually be the title of this video. We got Diego Maradona. Of course, like I said, Liverpool should not even be getting the cross into the box, into the near post like that. Um, but a handball, like, come on come on like again Manchester United should not have been in that position where you know conceding conceding a handball is kind of frustrating but it felt like from that goal onwards Manchester United just went downhill it was absolutely I think I would say an abysmal second half performance very underwhelming there was no energy there was no commitment I think the only energy came in once Rachel Williams came on and once JC came on but the biggest issue I have with JC and I've mentioned this I think quite quite a few times especially on the podcast I've mentioned it is that JC so often just wants to do everything by herself and you know what I'm not against that all the time but sometimes there's better options you've got three players in front of you and your best bet is that you're going to try dribble through all of them and take a shot and that's sometimes a bit of I think overwhelming I think it's a bit overwhelming to watch I think that final decision making there is not there yet it's not fully developed Manchester United need to work on that with her because I saw it today I've seen it midweek I've seen it every time she plays is that she tries to take on players which sometimes she gets past them and once she gets past them it's the tightest of angles and she'll still try to go for goal Manchester United today were trying to put the ball into the box but even then it was like no one was ever there it was only Mallard there once Mallard came off I didn't really see Rachel Williams in the box every time the ball went in unless it was like the last five ten minutes of extra time Manchester United did have it, the game had 12 minutes extra time because of a head injury and, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast I hope she's okay I hope she's doing well uh, and I wish her a very speedy recovery um, Matt Beard I think would be absolutely happy with with that performance absolutely happy post game he spoke to the press and he said that it was a tough start for them they nearly gifted a, a goal to Manchester United which was true Melvin Mallard had two chances just from a press especially that first chance she pressed the keeper she she read a, a back pass to the goalkeeper picked it off had so much time to just turn her body towards the goal and take a shot but instead she decided to smash it with her left foot into the side of the net it's an open goal from there 
it should be going into the back of the net. But Matt Beard did say the way that we recovered and the way we grew into the game, we were worthy of the three points. It's great to keep in touch with that top four or top five. And that is an important win. I know on our day we can compete and I think we've proven that a few times already this season. It's great to have targets. We are an ambitious football club. We take it game by game. And that's the kind of interview I guess that a manager will give when they come and take three points from Manchester United. Everyone firstly wants to take points off United is, is bragging rights, but especially when it's your northern rival like that and the fact that you know you started the year getting smashed by them 6-0 and you finished the year taking three points off them away from home. Speaking to the press as well, Mark Skinner did say that both goals were, were poor to concede. He said that we lost the game on two really poor games and they took their moments and we didn't. We had chances to win the game at the end and we didn't take them. I'm frustrated by that performance and we didn't do enough. And this is where I kind of question Mark Skinner because I don't think that Manchester United created chances to win the to win at the end of the game. In, in 12 minutes of extra time, the only chance United had on goal was a shot from Hannah Blundell that was straight at the keeper and it was put behind uh, for a corner outside of that it was just a lot of crossing into the box Liverpool dealing with it headering it out clearing it out then running it to the other side into the corner flag so I'm not too sure where those we had chances in the game uh in the towards the end and we just um didn't take it we had chances to win the game at the end we were down to Manchester United were down 2-1 for predominantly from like the mid-second half so to say that United had chances to win the game at the end that wasn't the case because I didn't see United scoring two goals in those 12 minutes of extra time at all now in speaking in depth to to the media he said that um he he firstly one thing I realized is Mark Skimmer seemed very frustrated he seemed very annoyed very irritated and he said we need to continue to invest in the market because we're chasing teams that are already established we fell short today and we need to be better ourselves the results doesn't change anything a loss just fires you up even more I'm not going to say we look fatigued but there was less spark than there usually is in terms of our energy and that comes in quick turnaround of games we could only rotate four players from Thursday we had a concussion sub permitted today and I couldn't make enough subs to fill that so by the time that Manchester United were allowed to make a concussion sub so when Rachel Williams and um, Gemma Bonner clashed into each other they were allowed a concussion sub but at that point United had used all their subs and the only other people on the bench I think was Gemma Evans and two goalkeepers so there wasn't really much uh, um, options for Mark Skinner he used all his attacking threats to come on Uh, there's a lot of players out injured right now so I kind of understand that and then he went on to say we have to continue developing this team in the transfer market if we want to be consistent I think he's he's alluding to the fact that Manchester United could go out and kind of kind of buy buy people I'm not too sure he did say we have to be aggressive in the market we have still some development to go which is interesting because at the end of last season it seemed like Manchester United development was done and this was the season where they were going to kind of ramp it up so I'm not too sure now the manager has it seems like he's kind of a bit backtracked after what looks like a lot of more competitive teams in the WSL teams are not being blown over you know how they were before everything is a bit more competitive in my opinion um so that's just my two cents on the game like I said Liverpool absolutely deserved it United did not deserve the United if United walked away with a point as a very if I'm being respectful if United walked away with one point from the game that would have been a disservice 
to Liverpool because Liverpool just wanted it more. They were more aggressive. They were literally every ball they were going into it, pressing as a unit, pressing in clusters, winning the ball back, forcing Katie Zellum to make a turnover, forcing Hannah Blundell to make a difficult pass, forcing Jade Riviere out with the ball. Literally, physically, tactically, um, Manchester United were just outclassed today. Matt Bid outclassed Mark Skinner. Tactically, he made the changes, um, especially when they went 2-1 up to just see the game out put up back five, just see the game out. And that's exactly um, exactly what happened. Manchester United could have had chances, could have created chances, but really and truly, Man United didn't create any clear-cut chance. I think maybe, except for the goal, the Melvin Mallard chances, the fact that, you know, you're not hitting the target from about 15 yards out, uh, 15 yards out, sorry, you're not hitting the target, you're hitting the side net. Millie Turner hit the crossbar with a header and then Hannah Blundell um, forced the keeper to make a save. Outside of that, there wasn't really anything else that kind of alluded to Manchester United deserving anything from the game. And, I, and I'm sure they'll be disappointed. I know that they'll come back raring to go in January and I'm hoping that the manager took a lot away from this performance because you look at, you look at today and, and, and it's like the, the the underwhelming parts of the performances have been their time. And every time there's an underwhelming performance, Manchester United drop points. It's always the reoccurring theme. It's always kind of the same thing. And Manchester United really need to look, I think, a bit more at the tactical decisions or the lack of tactical decisions made in-game because really and truly, Rachel Williams can be a tactical decision to bring her on, but that can't be the only one. That cannot be the only one. Leah Galton really seemed like she she struggled today, except for the, you know, she created that chance uh, that led to Ella Toon's goal. But outside of that, it really seemed like she struggled. But it seemed like the entire starting eleven were just not up for it today. And it was really a difficult watch. Let me know what you guys thought in terms of the performance. I know, you know, the Manchester United men's game is about to kick off while I'm while I'm recording this. is going to kick off in about 30 minutes. Uh, and today I was really hoping, you know, Manchester United women would be the ones that get the three points and kind of lift it up. But now I have to rely on the men's team to win, get three points at Anfield. And we know how that story goes. So let me know what you guys thought about the Manchester United versus Liverpool game today. Do you do you have questions about the manager? Do you have questions about the players? Do you have questions about the performances? It seems like Manchester United are yet to kind of re- reach a consistent basis of performances in the league it it always seems to be like oh they nick it here they then they have a good game away against Spurs and then they drop points again um so it seems like Manchester United are yet to kind of find that consistency that they need in the league I mean you look at Chelsea outside of the league they don't look that convincing in in, in the Champions League but in the league they're getting the job done you know they lost last week to Arsenal which to me I thought was a very once in a blue moon type of thing but they're still sitting top of the table and they're quite comfortable in terms of being three points clear Uh, goal difference I told you will make a big difference this year you know Manchester United City Arsenal Chelsea all got double digits goal differences which is very important I think as the season kind of ramps up um, especially when that top three race kind of gets into the tight end of the season But it'll be interesting to see how Manchester United come out in the new year. Now, after the game, as always, I ask for questions from the audience on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's at MinnaFootball. I asked for some questions and a lot of it was was, was quite, it was quite similar. Um, Big up to Nalinda with the question that said, can... Um, going backwards game by game, what is the meaning of keeping the poor performing players on the pitch and subbing the wrong players off? 
uh, is questions about the manager's tactics and and I mentioned it earlier in the podcast I don't know what happened in terms of the tactical decisions I feel like some players went off too early I feel like Nikita Paris didn't have her best game and she's being rewarded on her form her goal scoring form but maybe this could be a time that she drops to the bench and give Lucia Garcia a run I'm not too sure how Lucia Garcia didn't start the game today I feel like she's you know she's another option off the bench but sometimes and I understand why the manager actually brings her off the bench because you know Lucia Garcia running at tired legs is a, is a sight for sore eyes same as JC but when you have JC and Garcia as options off the bench I always think that that's that's relying too much on them to change the game sometimes some of them need a bit more involvement earlier in the game one of the questions from someone else was from CM2N big up for the question says what do you believe are the factors stopping this team from getting to the next level I think that there is no kind of fluidity in the team I feel like a lot of the time I watch this team and sometimes it looks like they're playing they've been playing together for a long time and sometimes it looks like they've just met up today to kick uh, kick a ball around together and of course some of these players have played together for a lot I think the biggest missing uh, factor is having like a, a ball prog- progressing midfielder we have that in Nelson you know we have that in Miyazawa Miyazawa's out injured Nelson came off the bench today but having a ball progressing midfielder that can kind of break the lines and try find that pass I feel like a lot today Manchester United we're trying to go for that ball over the top you know having Leo Golton Mallard Nikita Paris running in from behind and a lot of the time Liverpool just kept their line very very well they executed their back line very well because Manchester United were drifting offside every single time and I feel like Manchester United just relied on that pass today from you know Maya Letizia or you know Katie Zellum just pinging a ball over the top and and far too much I think once you rely on that kind of stuff it's kind of difficult to create anything else uh, Manchester United were crossing the ball in today a few times but again there wasn't always someone in the box and if it was it was just one person in a sea of Liverpool players there was about five Liverpool players in the box at one point and just Melvin Mallard by herself now having someone to kind of create that moment you know that that keep the ball ticking keep the ball going finding the right pass Manchester United I feel like I'm missing that and I feel like last season inevitably when on a Batier left that creativity left with her because you know she she had the most assists always beating her player getting down that line putting a ball in not only that she could beat a fullback and actually get closer into the box and play a ball across the box so she was able to do that a lot and this year I feel like because Manchester United could bypass midfield so easily last year with Onabatier this year they're really struggling to do so and it makes me wonder whether Manchester United will kind of go into um, the market for more players this this January window or will they wait for summer you know Manchester United are in the process of a a, a, um, a 25% takeover from Sir Jim Ratcliffe or Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos excuse me and I'm not too sure what that means for the women's team so often we hear in the media about you know what it means for the men's team the plans for the men's team no 300 million dollars going to be invested into the men's team uh you know all of that kind of stuff and we don't hear nothing about the women's team and and that's not what you want to hear as a fan I'm sure you know Mark Skinner and his team they don't want to hear that as 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 the staff in the women's team you want to hear what's the plans for the women are they gonna are they gonna invest in the team they've just built a new center for them new training facilities okay what's the next step you know are they gonna put their money where their mouth is are they gonna go into the market because this summer they did are they gonna do it again in the January transfer window are they gonna be ballsy enough to part ways with Mary Earps in the January transfer window albeit they might be selling to a direct rival and you know what I'm not gonna lie it's a transfer I don't understand as a goalkeeper is it 
is it guaranteed that Mary Epps will go and play for Arsenal every single game? I'm not too sure. Somebody, somebody sent me a tweet basically with a conspiracy theory that maybe, you know, uh, Mary Epps wants to join Arsenal because, you know, she wants to play in Champions League football next year. But is it guaranteed she will be the number one keeper? I've spoken to a few Arsenal fans, I'm not going to lie. And some of them have questioned that transfer. But again, back to my earlier point, with the takeover happening, um, Manchester United women need to be involved in the conversation in terms of what is the plans for takeover talk. What does that mean for the women's team? What does that mean for investment? Manchester United women just lost, you know, their lead physio. Have they hired a new physio? Manchester United women currently have quite a few injuries building up and the manager has alluded to the fact that these injuries are kind of making him have a thinner bench. Okay, so what does that mean for the physio position that's open? How long will it take to recruit? Um, until then, do they have an interim physio? If so, how qualified are they? There's a lot of questions, I think, surrounding Manchester United women that for far too long, it kind of gets overlooked. I feel like it, it gets overlooked all the time. Uh, but big up for that question. And it seems like the a lot of the questions are, are basically about the manager um, and Mary Earps. And I feel like I have touched on that enough. Let me know what your thoughts were about the game today. Were you disappointed with the result? I mean, I hope you were disappointed because I too was. Do you feel like Manchester United are now stuck in essentially what is a top three race or maybe even a third spot because second spot Man City might continue to run with that in the new year? What do Manchester United need to do to turn the season around in the new year and go on a consistent run of games? Do they need to go into the transfer market and sign new players? Do they need to part ways with the manager? Do they let the manager stay until the end of summer or until the summer and then find a new manager? What does it take for Manchester United to be as good as they were last season? Because for me, it just doesn't make sense how you take one step forward and then two steps back. It seems like Manchester United men and women are both in the same predicament overachieved last year and this season struggling to find their footing in the league you guys know what it is it's the Carrington podcast the Manchester United women's podcast solely focused on covering the Red Devils up north be sure to hit five stars on this whether it's Apple or, or, or Spotify you're listening to be sure to hit five stars you can find me on all platforms at Mina Football. it's a nice long break now as Manchester United will return in the new year when the WSL is back. Manchester United do break up for Christmas now. The, the entire league do actually. And they'll be back for a little mid-season um, high-altitude training in Malta. So I will probably bring an episode out around then. If there's any transfer news between now and then, I'll be sure to make an episode. So be sure to turn on your notifications so you get notified whenever an episode drops. You guys know what it is. Happy New Year to everyone. Quite prematurely, it's about two weeks early, but Happy New Year. A lot of episodes coming in the new year and I appreciate all the support, um, especially episode five, I think this is. So it's only been running for five weeks and I appreciate all the support. You guys know what it is. It's your host, Minna, and this is the Carrington Podcast.